2: to the gastroenteritis blues my name is steve Lippmann. i am alongside my good pals dan Volpone, emily cannell my first question is for dan and then it's coming right to you emily dan what is one thing that you have requested in this holiday season to receive as a gift oh
0: see i'm really bad about this because when people ask what i want for the holidays i just say i don't want anything
2: okay now when you say you don't want anything are you saying money or are you saying you actually don't get me anything or are you saying I'm saying it's like don't get me a gift it's fine do do you
0: get other people gifts um yeah like you know well just really andrea and my parents but like nothing nothing crazy i don't i don't have money so sure uh, so I'm not I'm not a big spender on the gifts and I also don't really uh I don't really want anything. If I if I need something during the year, I'll just buy it. Uh, but I usually don't need anything because I usually I mean, how many things do you need that you don't already have that are like gift kind of things, you know what I mean? Right. Like you're not buying someone like suddenly like a necessity for a gift. And so it's like I have a hard time like figuring out what I want because it's usually like no, I'm good. Like I, all my every, I have everything I want. I'm taken care of. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Um, Emily, what about you? Do you have anything that you have requested specifically this year? And how is Jordy as a gift giver?
1: Um, Jordy is a good gift giver, but we do We normally don't do Christmas. We normally just do birthdays. Okay. Um, what about V Day,
2: Valentine's Day?
1: No, we normally no. just go out to dinner.
2: Cool.
1: Um, My birthday happens to be three days after Christmas, so my birthday gets lumped into the holiday season anyways. But yeah. What was the other part of the question? Am I supposed to say what I want? Is (laughs) is, is he a narwhal? Yeah. What is is he doing?
2: Dan's doing, this is good for the listeners, (laughs) Dan's trying out different filters right now, which is uh, what I wanted for Christmas, so I'm glad to see it. Dan has a, a tiny chef's hat on. Really this is really tiny. This is for a
1: baby.
2: Size. I am a baby. Did you make any birthday gift requests?
1: Um, No, I don't normally make birthday gift requests. I make more Christmas gift requests, but I also frequently ask for necessities for Christmas. So I don't have to spend my money on them.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: like I've asked for like a lot more scrubs for work. Like I need them for work. Mm. I only have two pairs. I don't hate doing laundry every two days. I would like to have five pairs. So I've asked for more scrubs for work.
2: Do you guys have laundry in your apartment? Yes. That's so nice. As as somebody I, who lives in New York, I mean, that's a real treat.
1: In our first, in my first apartment, I didn't in Philly, and then my second one, I did. Once you have it, you cannot go back.
2: No, it's so nice. And well, I so in New York, I lived the first place I moved to was in Brooklyn, and we had it in our apartment. It was so nice. Mm-hmm. And then I had it somewhere else in my building when I lived in Manhattan and then both places in Astoria I've lived in have been like around the corner or down the block Ugh, and it's just, no. you know, yeah. Um, well, we're all caught up on gifts. Six what are you getting minutes.
1: for Christmas, for Hanukkah or holidays?
2: You know, I am a simple man. I've got a family, I've got a lovely girlfriend. I've got a podcast that I love and that loves me back. Um, what could I really request? Um, I, uh, the only thing, you know, uh, here's one thing. Gab said that her parents have been asking like what they could, could get me. The only thing I could think of is that I, I need a new beanie. My beanie is very old for the cold mm. times here. I said, I have a few winter hats that are beanies, but they are very tight to my head. They do not have any slack. Mm. Is that still a beanie? Gab said, that's not a beanie. That's just like a cap. A beanie. Yeah, you want
1: like a Jake Gyllenhaal style beanie.
2: Who we'll talk about later and see if he sucks <laughs> or not. Um, I thought a beanie. Yeah, Gab basically says that a beanie implies that it has the slack. So don't say beanie with slack. It's basically redundant. Is she right? She's probably right.
1: I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't call like a really tight hat a beanie.
2: Right. And, and But what does that know. called? Dan's got the midsummer Flowers mm-hmm. on his head. I, I don't think
1: he knows what that movie is.
2: No chance. But he's, he probably follows Kevin Rice. I've heard of it. The I've, yeah. heard, I've
1: heard of it. Yeah, because Kevin.
2: Ke- Kevin. Yeah, no, has I, I'm not, I don't really watch a lot of movies,
0: but I've heard of it. No. We know. I think I look the- very nice with it. And I
2: might buy a real one and walk around with it because I, I do like how it looks. We were watching last night the movie about uh, uh, Will Smith playing uh, Venus and Serena's dad, King Richard. How was that? Lovely. We still have a uh, twenty minutes left or so, but love
1: it. It's on my list for this weekend. I watched a lovely movie from Hallmark Movies and Mysteries called Nantucket Noel yesterday. Hmm. That was my. Is it good? It was terrible. Great.
2: No. I'll put it on my list. And like
1: I love a good like Hallmark holiday movie, but this was like mm-hmm. particularly not good. The
2: Sixers have continued to play basketball on the West Coast. Joel is still out uh, with COVID and it doesn't know uh, Keith uh, within a report that we'll talk about later, uh, seems to sort of hint at that, that Joel just might not come back until they're back home again, which would mean sort of after the Golden State game when they come back. Uh, which would really be a while. That, then he would miss, I believe, nine games, which would be the entire road trip, which would just be tough. And, I, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. He's, you know, he was hit with a symptomatic case of COVID. You know, he he would be missing more than the required 10-day period for the quarantine. But, you know, you sort of throw that out the window when when he's sick with it. So, But they've continued to play. They played Utah. They got sort of the shit kicked out of them. They kept, they kept driving at, at, and challenging Rudy Gobert at the rim, and he was just turning everything away. That was not a good game, not worth watching. Then they played Denver, and they won that game. They, um, they actually finally got a win after losing five straight. They, they won against Jokic, even though he had a very good first half and a poor second half. Uh, and then last night, uh, late, they lost against Portland. They, they never quite caught up in that game. The offense was not good in the first half and uh, Dame Lillard was very good and they just couldn't really get over the hump uh, in that game. And uh, any, any real basketball thoughts from this week? I mean, Tyrese Maxey has continued to be really good. Um, Tobias, I, you know, I think that his scoring average is probably very high this week, but he's been sort of annoying me uh, on the court. Just, I don't know i don't know i i and and i'm not usually like this probably usually because joel is playing but i don't know he's been annoying me this week just with he seems slower to me than he has seemed in the past um furcon hasn't hit a shot in a forever now i mean geez uh seth looks great doing it yes he's very handsome not as good as jordan yang looks but i mean is
1: what it is. does george and yang wear a headband i don't think so george and Yang
2: also has him. like some some arm bruises that are i could sort of do without i don't know it looks a little bruised i think down. you can get him to wear a headband <laughs> we could try but he doesn't have ha- hair that he needs to keep out of his eyes like burkhan does doesn't need it there are there are ball guys who wear headbands it's true Remember when Ben and Jimmy were the headband brothers for like half a game and it was like, they, they love each other. <laughs> and then like two games later, the headband brother thing was. Do you think
1: that and they had roles and JJ Redick wasn't allowed to be one. Yes. That was very yes. fun. That was a fun, really fun 45 minutes.
0: Do you think that if the NBA, may, like maybe the reason Jimmy left and Ben, you know, kind of from what we hear may have forced Jimmy out, is because they both got word that the NBA was going to the next season ban that style of headband. Mm. And they're like, we just have no reason to be teammates anymore. Right. And like maybe well, and, if they were still allowing those headbands,
2: Jimmy would have resigned. I'm just saying. And Mike Scott might have still been good if they had kept those headbands too. That's, the, that's a great point. The headbands with the tail were yeah. really... Big for him. Once again, the um,
1: league getting involved when they're not wanted. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, it's the anti-Sixers' so, bias. Exactly. <laughs> Basketball thoughts from this week, Emily, um, that, uh, you know, what do you have to say for yourself from this week of Sixers? They went one and two. What do you think?
1: Um. Yeah, not too many thoughts. I have to say I can't do these like late night games. My old 30-year-old body is not made for them, so I've only seen the first half of all of them. Um, but the Denver game was fun. That was like reminiscent of like that first yes. stint with the young guys when they like were playing really well. And we were like, we don't need anyone. We look at that, look at these scrappy underdogs pulling out wins. It was reminiscent of that game. So that one was fun. The other ones were not fun. Um, yeah. And they both were like both Utah and Portland were games where they were down by enough at half where I didn't feel like I should stay up and watch this game. It's going to get exciting. Just by the way they were playing, it was like, Nope, this is not the one and I'm not going to torture myself and stay up. So yeah, those are my thoughts. I hope Joel feels better soon. Miss him.
2: Yeah. it's just, you know, the, the excitement level it's, it, it feels like so long ago now that he played because we felt so good. This is probably three podcasts ago now, but they were, I think eight and two first in the East best offense which they probably still have at least the top five offense um and we felt great we were like the Ben thing was obviously still happening and will never not be happening but we were like take your time who cares like we feel amazing about Joel and these guys shooting and like you know it's great and I I have no doubt that we're going to resume feeling that way when he's back but like while he's not back as as good as Maxi has been and we'll talk more specifically about him but like it's tough because it's really hard to win these games. And it just happened at the exact wrong time with their schedule, playing good teams on the road on the West Coast. It's really tough. Uh, Dan, any thoughts from this week's games uh, in particular? Yeah, I mean, the only
0: game that I sat down and watched the whole game of was the Nuggets game because it started at 9. Should have done and, the other ones too. No, I, I picked a great one. So you, did. Um, you know? I thought that game was a lot of fun. I would yeah. imagine the others were not as fun, but I – like, I basically Thursday night decided I'm like I I'm just gonna watch this Nuggets game. I'll stay up late and uh, and I'll just I'll stick it out. Watch the whole thing. Um, Bassey was so good on Jokic. okay so good on Jokic and the rest of Denver really couldn't do a thing. Um, Which is, I mean, if you want to give credit to the Sixers, I guess you can if you want, but that's been their issue all year. Um, It's not. Necessarily, something the Sixers did, but um, the, Jokic didn't have a field goal in the second half. Basti was all over him, um, and everyone just kind of played fine. Like they, they as a team, you know, they shot the ball fairly well, um, but nothing special. I think Max was leading. Yeah, Max was leading score. He only had twenty two points. Um, Curry was the only other guy in the twenties. He had twenty, and so you know there was nothing, nothing crazy that they did they won 103 to 89 but um it was a lot of fun see to see you know Bassey get like real minutes not like garbage time minutes and not just like be passable like I think we get excited when some of these guys are just passable you know which like is fine like I get I, I do too like maxi has been great lately but if he was just okay I'd probably still be excited about him um, and when, you know, it, like maybe that's not, a, that he would have been a better example last year, but like when B ball Paul gets in and like messes with Giannis for a little, like that's a great time. Um, but like Bassi was a plus 20 in 19 minutes, team high plus 20, and was all over like consistently. Like it wasn't like he was like high energy and like messed him up a couple times or like, you know, like lucked into a good play. like. He was just, like, playing great defense on him, and
2: it was a lot of fun. So uh, during the Denver game, I was covering the Twitter for the Liberty Ballers, and Doc puts in Bassey in the first quarter uh, after taking out Drummond. Drummond, meanwhile, who probably can't wait for Joel to get back out there because he's had some rough games, and I think he's getting exposed a little bit. Doc puts in Bassey, uh, and I tweet from Liberty Ballers, like, Doc playing Bassey instead of Bebop Ball is not okay with me. Five minutes later, bassy's playing great. I'm tweeting, like, you know, imagine thinking Bassey isn't the Sixers' best option at backup. Like, I'm a fucking moron nobody. I have no clue who's best to play behind Andre Drummond as the Sixers third, center? I have no idea. Absolutely no clue. It goes, it points to like what you said uh, a couple of podcasts ago, Dan, about doc, about like doc watches them in, in shoot around and practice and like has some idea of like things we're not privy to. Uh, obviously B-Ball Paul is a friend of the show and we wish him nothing but the best. Um, but he is caught somewhere between being a four and a five and uh Bassey just physically is very clearly a five and um, has the size and physicality. Uh, Harrison Grimm tweeted that uh, Bassey played 19 minutes, 12 points on five of seven from the field, seven rebounds, one steal, three blocks, no turnovers. Like you said, a plus 20, very impressive. He continued to play. He played again uh, last night against Portland. He struggled uh, against Dame Lillard and pick and rolls, like not coming up to meet him at the level of the screen, which like, yeah, no shit. Like of course he did but it's impressive. Like if they got a guy, you know, at, at where they did, you know, at whatever 50, that would be, that would be very cool. 53. That would be cool. And, and, you know, they're sort of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks between him and Paul and we'll see um, if he can actually play, but it's encouraging to to see him play real minutes that matter. And uh, I would like to see him stick around. And I was, shocked and impressed that he could actually play real minutes against the MVP. So that was cool. Emily, were you surprised about the BASI thing? Of course we know him as the thumbs up, thumbs down guy on challenge reviews and the guy who replaced what's his name, who was the equipment guy. Um, so what were you thinking?
1: Um Yeah, I was a little shocked that he got the minutes over ball Paul, but I was like you said, he played great. It was really impressive. And I think, He got a lot of recognition from his teammates after the game, which was really nice kind of saying like this guy held us down. It was fun. I guess him and Maxie played against each other in high school. Bassie was the number one player in Texas and Maxie was number two. And Tyrese was like, yeah, I didn't like him in high school. Like, do you see what he did out there? Like, that's what he did then too. I did not like him, but it's just nice to see like these guys cheering for their teammate. And he also has a very similar story to Joel. Like, picked up basketball very late in Africa, like came over to the U S. And so I think that's, you know, when he's a, he's a true five and Joel's a five, like, it's nice to, if you have need someone to look up to and learn from in the NBA and you're Charles Bassey, I don't think that Joel Embiid is a bad choice. So yeah, (laughs) I think he's, I hope he keeps playing great. I hope he does great things.
2: Super cool. Um, We, can move on to the Ben stuff obviously we did a podcast two days ago with Sam Amick talking about his piece Uh, Emily I just want to check in on your thoughts about that because you weren't with us for that Uh, Sam's piece basically just sort of said reiterated that Ben a couple days ago told the team like I want to trade also I'm not playing for you anytime soon because there was like I, I, I think that Any reading of Rich Paul's, like, hit piece on the Sixers that was like, eh, looks like he might play pretty soon for the Sixers, that, like, anybody reading it like that was sort of delusional, but uh, I think that the reporting in Sam's piece was, like, very clearly not that way, so there was that in Sam's piece, there was also the stuff about how there, are like, 30 guys around the league that the Sixers deem appropriate value for Ben Uh, five to ten of whom could be whatever like available within the next year or two and then there's like the you know this could go on for a year or whatever they don't feel pressure what do you have any real reaction to that sort of stuff or just the appearance with Sam uh in general uh that that we had the other day
1: um I don't have like too much reaction but I thought that the interview was really good I was impressed you guys did great and it was really interesting to hear my whole the thing I'm most interested in always is like the team dynamics and I thought like what he had to say about like Ben and Joelle like how even yeah. though Joel kind of like hourly then was like we have to support Ben there's still been like really no communication between them at all which I don't really blame Joel like after everything but it's just interesting to me and I do think that I think the trade, and I think Sam said this as well, like the trade deadline will be like the real, the real date where to see like, does the league get involved? Does, you know, what happens if he doesn't get moved by the trade deadline to see like, will they let this go on for more than one year? I don't, I don't know. But I think that the Sixers and Daryl Morey are more than willing to let this go on for a year. So.
2: Yeah. uh, And Dan, you can tell me what you think. Like, So we asked Sam, Sam, who was great, by the way, he was like really a fun guest and and had a good sense of humor when we asked him about the stuff with Trill at the end. He had a good sense of humor when I proposed being uh, friends with him, um, (laughs) which he has not yet taken me up on, but we'll see what happens. The the stuff about Daryl basically playing leverage, it seems like Daryl is about this shit, basically, like he's not bluffing. You know, It, it seems like If he can't trade Ben for a star, he is actually going to sit at the table and stare at him until he has to. Now, what Sam said to us is that, like, there are other pressures that could force him to do this trade, which is Joel, which is Josh Harris, which is Doc Rivers. Like, which could absolutely come sort of pressuring in on him uh, pretty soon. James Harden's name has been brought up uh, lately. Uh, It was brought up by... uh, I think indirectly a little bit by Sam in his piece and then sort of directly to you and I, uh, the other day. And then it was brought up directly by Keith Pompey, a friend of the podcast in his piece from last week, where he also mentioned Jeremy Grant, who we'll talk about. Um, do you give any, obviously we wanted, uh, James Harden very badly here. Like, I don't, I can't really give a lot of energy to that. Like, He's on, like, the title favorites right now. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'd love fucking James Harden on the Sixers. But I, I don't really see a pathway for that. And I think rolling the dice that he's going to hop over to, like, another contender in the East with no cap space is, like, a real – I think that in order for that to happen, things would have to head south in Brooklyn, like, right now. Like, Durant would have to get hurt, and things would have to, like, absolutely bottom out immediately in order for that to even be possible you know and most likely is that they just are really good which they are right now and that they win a bunch of games I don't really know what the hell is going to happen with Kyrie but like they win a bunch of games he re-signs and that's it like that's that's my guess but like you know obviously you love Harden and like are you interested at obviously you're interested but like are you do you perk up at all with these rumors? No, because I don't think they're rumors, right?
0: Like, I'm not saying that it's not true what Keith is saying, that, like, the Sixers, I'm sure the Sixers would love Harden. And, like, I'm just so skeptical about the things I'm hearing. And I I don't want to, how do I put this? Like, I, I don't want to say that it's not possible that they hold him past the deadline or anything like that, because, you know Sam said that it definitely is and that um, and, you know, we've heard the sixers say that that you know that they'll do it, which you know I don't really believe I be- believe it more from someone else who's third party who is hearing whatever. but the idea of these things being leaked almost feels like justification. like when Sam talks about like the outside pressures that could you know change whether the sixers actually hold on to Ben past the deadline a lot of these leaks feel like they're coming from the Sixers to basically combat that. Like, Oh no. Like we, if we hold them past the deadline, like you just wait, like James Harden's around the corner again. Like that doesn't mean he is. I don't, I still am not buying that Lillard's asking out this summer that, and like also these guys might not want to come here. I don't see why Brooklyn would, you know, be eager to facilitate a Harden trade to Philly, you know, when they still have Durant and are trying to compete in the East themselves and, and, he can only come here via sign and trade. Um, even, like, some of the report, like, are there really only 30 guys they would trade Ben for? And kind of when we were talking to to Sam, he mentioned, like, um, I think he said, you know, it sounds like a big number until you realize these are basically, you know, the all-star teams. And, you know, most of the guys on that list, like, they would laugh at you if you proposed Ben for those guys, right? Like, Steph Curry, Curry LeBron, like, these are not guys who are, like, no one thinks these guys are going anywhere. And these guys are all part of that. Yeah, story. At least
2: the first, whatever, 15 of them, it's like right. no conversation. Yeah. And so you're talking about,
0: you know, and I get, they're not trying to trade him for role players, but like Ben is borderline top 30 right now. And like, are you, t- are you telling me that there are, you know, Players better than him that for some reason you wouldn't trade him for I don't get that because Ben is not even playing um I would any player that was is you know around as good or better than Ben and because maybe a better fit I would take them in a second and then you have other guys like do you want to argue you know LaMelo Ball isn't as good as Ben yet like Anthony Edwards isn't as good as Ben yet whatever like um you know I think maybe going into the season people a lot of people probably didn't have John Morant in their top 30 now they probably do like these young guys who are you know, getting better and better, and you know, Kay Cunningham, right? He's probably not a top, he's not a top thirty player yet. He's not, but like, I'm sure the Sixers would probably have some interest in in him for Ben, right? I'd be surprised if there was no interest there, and so I just kind of have a hard time taking the idea of everything coming from the Sixers being leveraged out of the situation, which isn't to say that I don't trust the reporting like when it's reported I'm more inclined to believe it than if it were not reported but I'm still taking everything with a lot of skepticism because I just yeah. think that like even with Sam, like like I said just like you know a lot of it just sounds like you know the Sixers are are basically telling fans that you know if if yeah we might carry this on but like you know
2: stars around the corner if we do so stay with us basically and and for me it's like it's one thing to say; it's another thing to actually live in that reality. And I and I just sort of, I think it's sort of easy to say, "We'll hold on to him for the, for the rest of the year." And then it's another thing to actually. The deadline is over, and you're still wasting thirty million dollars over your cap. Your second best player is like sitting somewhere in New Jersey, not playing for the team. Like, and like with and with the Joel thing, right? Like when you say because I think people
0: might hear you say that and say like, oh, we're talking about Daryl Morey. Like, Daryl can handle it. And it's like, it's not just about Daryl, Right. Because right. you can go, you can go to the, de- and, and Sam mentioned this, right. You go to the deadline and you tell Joel, listen, we didn't get packed through and we're holding on to Ben. We'll see what are doing. This Ben's still not playing. Joel says he's fine with it. Then they go down. The playoffs get tough. Joel's frustrated because we didn't bring help. Something leaks an, an exact, who you know got criticized for something leaks that they tried to they made a good offer for Ben Simmons they offered this and that right and Daryl put it down that becomes public from someone else protecting their own interests. Joel finds out about it. Joel's pissed they couldn't get you know C J Jalen Brown whatever that you know D- Daryl didn't pull the trigger on a guy that Joel thinks could help right and now Joel's upset about that now you know the pressure's on you better land a guy this summer. There's really no guarantee that the people want to come to Philly or are going to be available at all um and i think you know i think there's a good chance stars look at how the sixers have handled all of this and i don't think that's made them more popular around the league and so i think that it's so easy to say it like you said and it's so easy for for people to act like all all, the only thing at stake here is like daryl's patience, but it's not because like Daryl could be Joel and Josh Harris and whatever. They could say, Daryl, go ahead. Wait it out. And then their feelings about that could change
2: fast at a time where it's too late and it's already past the deadline. Um, We're going to take a break. We're going to finish talking about this horse shit. And then we're going to talk about B-Ball Paul. We're going to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal, the Eagles Thanksgiving, and what ended up happening with Roscoe. Learn more at marines.com. We're back. All right. So we were talking about the way that this has been going and uh, pressure that Daryl could end up feeling from the rest of the sort of decision makers and and people of influence within the Sixers Uh, on the broadcast uh, within the Sixers on this was a TNT broadcast. It was four days ago. I don't remember which game it was. I believe it was the Denver game. Um, not totally sure. But uh, Kyle Newbeck relayed this. Uh, he said on the broadcast just now, Kristen Ledlow just said that feedback within people she talked to within the Sixers is split on the Simmons approach. One, she said, believed the that they should welcome him back, and he makes them better. Another tells me, we got to cut the cord and move forward. Now, this might not seem like much, but that's the first person that we've seen report something from within the Sixers saying basically, like, we need to just fucking move on. Who knows if that does anything? Like, the the question really is, like, who actually said that? Whose camp, like, our camps really forming right now? And, you know, if that is a real person of influence or... If that is somebody with Doc or Joel or or somebody else's ear, then that could really be something substantial. We mentioned Keith's report. Uh, He mentioned that the Sixers are interested in Jeremy Grant um, and that there were ongoing discussions about acquiring Jeremy Grant and maybe Sadiq Bey and Kelly Olenek. Side note about Kelly Olenek, if the Sixers acquired Kelly Olenek, the one thing he would really do for our purposes is make the handsome list a little bit easier pop that sucker right at the bottom move on to everybody else <laughs> the uh as for Jeremy Grant I don't think he's good enough like I I don't uh like I don't really see what he would do uh Kyle Lubeck followed that up with a report uh a couple of days ago basically saying that he had heard otherwise that the Sixers are not heavily interested in, in somebody like Jeremy Grant and that like he that the Sixers would be interested in somebody like Kate Cunningham and if pick uh, in a package surrounded by him but Jeremy Grant is not a package that they're particularly interested in I love Jeremy he was a really fun process sixer but in terms of like a Ben centerpiece I just don't see what he really solves for them he's a very good defender but like another four who like he scores 18 points a game for Detroit I think because somebody has to like score points because they need to get to 90 somehow like I don't know I don't really see it I I don't doesn't do much for me. Emily, do you have any interest in Jeremy as like a ben uh centerpiece in, in this?
1: Um not really. He's just I don't think good enough to be the player in a ben centerpiece like I love Jeremy and if he would have come to our team in some other way, like that's fine, but not totally. We just need a little bit more in this this ben trade, I think, because we have on this team Jeremy just becomes like a role player. And we have so many of those and we have so many good ones. Like we don't need another one. We need another, we need a third, second, third star. If you want to count Tobias as one of the stars, like we need an, someone that fits into that, not someone who fits into like a Seth Curry, Danny green level of play, which I think Jeremy does. He's just really good on the Pistons because the Pistons are very bad.
2: And, and also just like positionally, like I, I don't need another, like four, sometimes five, type of guy
1: like We've you know, got a lot of those
2: <laughs> like a guy jeremy's talent level who was like a two three i'd be interested in like if, if you want to say that his talent level just in the aggregate is similar to like cj mccollum i'm more interested in that but yeah i don't dan what about you do you have any interest in the jeremy grant thing i just want to say i'll take jeremy grant over tobias
0: uh just putting that out there anyway besides that um no, that wasn't the question. I think Jeremy Grant is a really good player. Um, he's the kind of guy who I wouldn't be excited about as the return. I think he would be a disappointing return. I also don't think he's bad enough to justify taking Ben past the deadline on the team. Mm, that is their best off. So you know, I hope I'm hopeful there would be better offers. I think there would be better offers, and so I'm not going to think about Jeremy Grant to the Sixers very much. Um, but if it were me, if I were making the decisions, I would have a hard time turning down the chance to, you know, go get Jeremy Grant, who I think is a really solid player, a really solid player, and better than better than a role player. I think I think he's better than I think he's better than Seth and Danny. I think he's. I think you could argue he's, he's, you could, you could legitimately argue he's better than Tobias Harris. And I think he, when we did the Liberty Ballers draft, he very well may have gone ahead of Tobias Harris at a similar position. I think he's a really good player. Um, I agree that positional fit is not great. I, I just think that if it's all you can get at the deadline, you have to give it a shot. I don't think, and I get their point about like, well, if you're just going to offer us a bunch of role players, then we're good. We're not interested. I just don't think Jeremy Grant falls into that. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a role player. I think he's like a, you know, I think he was a borderline all star last year. I think he's a really solid player, solid um, starter. Yeah, former you know process ish sixer, and I would be happy to have him back. Like he's, he's probably like, you know, he's probably a top, you know, maybe like top sixty player in the league, which is probably
2: what Tobias is too. Like he's, he's a he's a solid player. So the Kings went ahead today and fired Luke Walton, who I could have sworn was fired at least three times by the Kings in the last two years, but they fired him today. There has been some conflicting reports and whispers about the Sixers' level of actual interest in a De'Aaron Fox package, so we're not really sure about that. But Kyle Lubeck has been reporting in his columns that the Sixers have talked to the Kings and been unmoved by anything that won't include De'Aaron Fox uh, or Tyrese Hallibur. Now, they go ahead, they fire Luke Walton today and uh, Kyle tweets today that Sacramento firing Luke Walton Equals people feeling pressure after a bad start, which could equal a potential change to their approach in trade talks. It's very clear that Sacramento has been sort of a shit show for a while there, and they badly want to win. Um, As a thought exercise, if they were to come to the table for a Ben trade and say, and let's just say you're the Sixers, are you more interested in De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton? I think thinking for a Joel and Tyrese Maxi fit, because Maxi, you know, you may be less or more, you know, skeptical um, about, you know, Maxey's last two, two plus weeks or whatever. But, but is there, from the two of those guys, is there one that you would be more interested in bringing in as a Ben centerpiece? Obviously, if it was Halliburton, you'd have to add more salary and he has less of a track record. Dan, which of which of those guys is more interesting to you, if if either? I mean, I would imagine it's a yes for both, uh, especially at this point in the Ben saga. But like, which of those guys interests you more? Yeah, uh, I I have a tough time giving
0: a confident answer on that because I can honestly, I don't feel ashamed to say I don't watch a lot of Kings basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be proud of that. I I I am I am definitely not ashamed to admit that I value my time higher. Than <laughs> watching enough Kings games to give a really educated answer on this. Uh, That said, you know, do you have questions about Fox's fit with Maxi. Well, I think it would be a lot of fun in some ways. Like they're both very fast, relatively like thin ball handlers. Um, You know, that could be, that could be fun. Um, I think it could be very frustrating in other ways. Defensively could be tough just like size-wise. And I think it makes it hard to, you know, find a spot for Seth, who you want to have, you know, in the starting rotation. Like I I I have an easier time at this point, I think, you know, having Halliburton be like an almost like an undersized three and keeping Seth Curry on the floor more and having Danny Green come off the bench than having Green stay on the floor more than curry and playing a little bigger and you know even if that means you know you get fox back and fox has, has struggled to start the year yeah uh, the, whole, the whole team has but i think it's just it's hard to say i mean I, the one thing with hal burton is you know he did get you know a lot of national respect for his rookie season and i think an underrated part of of having him be in the package back is that you know our two you know very good young guards who we can kind of see going into the future you know being key players will both be named Tyrese which would be awesome um and so maybe I'm talking myself into Halliburton but really I I don't know because I haven't seen enough Kings. Emily
2: what about you?
1: Yeah, I lean towards Halliburton as well, just because I'm just really into Maxi, and I want I want Maxi to be my point guard. I'm just, I just think he's going to be really good and I don't want to give him up. Um, So that's the reason why, I mean, I like De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a great player, but I'm just too attached to Maxie to, for De'Aaron Fox to be the centerpiece, which probably means Maxie goes to the Kings or then Maxie's like on the bench and he's too good for that. So yeah, that's why I'd pick him. Yeah yeah it. dan the, doesn't think it, max is as good as i do the um match has been great the
2: halliburton is like uh, timeline wise just by based off their ages i guess you would lean a little bit toward fox because he's been in the league a bit longer the jump shot worries me because you know he really i don't think has made many threes this year and it's and it hasn't gotten much better since he's been in the league i lean toward halliburton as well people talk about how mature he is and how he always sort of makes the winning play and all of that. I would, I would be really excited, honestly, to get sort of him. And, uh, if you get a buddy healed in here, obviously not a centerpiece, but just as a guy to, uh, include in the rotation as a guy who would just shoot a billion threes, uh, which the Sixers could use, I would be interested in that. Um, I don't know, you know, if the Kings would, would be interested in that, but if the Kings keep losing games at a certain point, I think they want to win. Um, and, you know, the, the formula there isn't working. And like, I think Luke Walton sucks as a coach and uh, seemed like as a guy too, but uh, they don't have good players and, and they're not going to make the playoffs because they suck. And that's an issue. So I, that's a team that like, I think we should keep an eye on for Ben stuff. Cause I think they have been interested in him and, and they do have two guys that, that I would be interested in over there. Enough basketball. Emily, what's going on? This was a maybe a week or so ago. They, they were doing these pictures where they were the guys were leaving the hotel and they just slipped one in there where B-Ball Paul had a guitar in a case. They were on the road, I think, in Utah. Why did he have a guitar? Does he play guitar? And why was it on the way to the utah locker room do you have any idea any sources
1: i have no sources i the sixers said if they get one million retweets that they would maybe release footage of be all paul playing guitar and i don't think they got there our listeners have let us down they did not all a million of them to not <laughs> retweet this photo and to get us the information that we require
2: any idea how far they are from the million?
1: I'm going to look it up right now.
2: All right, you look it up. Dan, in the meantime, what songs do you think that you all Paul knows on guitar? Uh,
0: probably something by- Dan, Marvel. do
1: you know songs? I know
2: songs. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite song, Dan? If you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life. Probably something by Kesha. Ooh, yes. You and Daryl love Kesha. Love Kesha. Would, if Daryl told you that you could buy an NFT of a Kesha song, would you do it? no i i well i can already buy a visual (laughs) version of kesha's songs
0: it's just like itunes
2: yeah but do you really own it
0: it. (laughs) would i I really own it
2: anyway (laughs) i was with my friend today who was showing me these fat ape NFTs he has i was like man i you know what god bless but i don't is it the
1: the, the board ape yacht club is that what they are That that all the sixers have
2: I my eyes sort there's of like an actual
1: physical club i think that you can like go to if you own them um but i looked it up there's only 485 retweets God it's really it. disappointing guys
2: we're not even close we're not
1: even close. 1 million, close i mean the sixers have two million followers only half of their followers had to retweet this photo and we got 482 of them
2: it's disappointing so We go from guitar, Taylor Swift put out an album of which are her versions of her songs. There's some drama with the producer, I believe. But um, Jake Gyllenhaal was somebody that she dated back in the day. Jake and I, of course, are members of the same union. So I don't really want to comment on much. Um, But, uh, you know, both Jews as well. Um, Really? Yes, absolutely.
1: I
0: didn't Uh, know. he he the first thing she Googled. (laughs)
2: <laughs> <Where he laughs> or to is he jewish? let me figure out if he's jewish so they dated he left a sweater so some, somebody left a sweater someplace scarf. it's a scarf it, scarf um emily i believe you wanted to speak about this <laughs> this is on the rundown I it's i, I rundown didn't put it while. on the rundown <laughs> <laughs> well good luck to both of them i think is is really because you put out three versions of this song which has been around for uh, i think a decade Hey, to be fair, Emily, if we only talk about the things that we each
0: individually put on the rundown, this podcast would just be Steve talking for an
1: hour. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. He's the only one that puts things on. Well, good luck
2: to him. It, was, it must have been a rough day on the internet for him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. His, his Instagram comments were rough.
2: Oh, yeah, I bet.
1: Yeah, he should have turned them off. People are like, mm. I, I mean, he should have him. known it was coming you didn't talk uh, to them about it
2: no no i pro- you know you know we're all sort of laying low us actors ever since jake got in the you know um the eagles won again today eagles fever i love it let's keep doing it let's keep winning they have all these first round picks so i don't care i don't need them to tank i hope they keep winning um i was very excited dan in on the eagles yeah of course why not why not emily in
1: and on the Eagles, also congrats to Bryce Harper while we're doing other Philadelphia sports. MVP, oh, very good. MVP, I won $12. I bet on Ooh, it. Huge nice. big bets uh, over here.
2: Did you place that before the season?
1: No, I placed it in like the middle of the season. He took That's a nice to place,
2: it, though 97 hour I mean, fastball off the foch.
0: Unbelievable. No,
1: could have died.
0: How much yeah. did you bet to have your return be $12?
1: Two dollars. That's pretty good. Yeah. I also made $1.97 on the uh, Sixers Beating the Nuggets. I made put that bet in at halftime. I said they will cover the spread, and they did. Great. Wow. That's how I fund my lifestyle with my micro bets, you know? <laughs> That's
2: how you fund this lavish lifestyle of yours.
1: My weekly Starbucks with these dollar <laughs> bets that I make.
2: <laughs> and these new scrubs you're trying to get. I um, know. What kind of scrubs uh, are you going to get? You're going to get, like, the fancy ones?
1: No, I like the Grey's Anatomy ones. I think they're comfy. I like those.
2: Do they say Grey's Anatomy?
1: Just like the tag does. It's just like a licensing deal with some other mm. scrub brand. But whatever scrub brand it is, I find, I think they're comfortable. McSteamy? No, it's not, I still watch that show.
2: Who's your favorite? 18
1: Seasons. Um, no one. I actually hate them all, but I can't stop watching.
2: What about in, in the heyday?
1: Oh, in the heyday. That, I was always an Alex Karev girl. But know, then know. it really went off the rails. Steve, are you watching Survivor?
2: You know what? We haven't caught up yet, but we've been watching some of it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, when you catch up, let me know.
2: There's so many episodes. It's hard to. It's hard to. Once a week. You know. It's.
1: Can what I is that? What I
2: haven't enjoyed is like what? all the new bells and
1: whistles. It's very Jeff, confusing. Hey
2: Jeff Probst, I don't need you to talk to the camera. You know, you're not in my living room. I don't need you to be like so they're coming in right now and what they don't know is hey jeff keep keep it going it's been on for 40 years let me just like can we just we have an agreement it's a television show i'm a viewer i don't need to like be a producer now it's a it's a bit I'll, much
1: yeah it's a good season though i recommend it
2: i think he gets sick sick pleasure over like the way Probably. when people talk on the show about like i've listened man i've watched the show for 40 years i think he gets a bit aroused Listen, let's keep going here. Thanksgiving is coming up. Do you guys have big Thanksgiving plans? No. Great. Dan? No. Same family. Hope to Black Friday shop. Yeah, you're a big Black Friday guy. Where are you going? I, mean, I don't know. If gifts a big,
1: though.
2: I don't know if I'm
0: a big Black Friday guy. I just like you know, I'll go. I'll probably go to the to the outlets in Limerick. I mm-hmm. like great Great outlets. outlets. Yeah, they're good outlets, and you—that's where you like. There's actual sales there. And it's like, you know, in the afternoon, I'll probably meet up with some friends and go to KOP, but like nothing's gonna be on sale. You know what I mean? Like it'll be like 10% off is like a like 15% off is the biggest sale you're gonna find. And so mm-hmm. so that one, that's just more for for the like something to do. You walk around and like, you know, it's, it's it's Black Friday, you go to the mall, it's a good time. And it's inside, so it's not so cold. But I'm trying to go to the outlets and see if I could get a, a good deal. You know, get something, like a nice shirt or a nice sweater or something, 50% off yeah. before before they're all sold out. So i um, probably head over, you know, after dinner, guilt someone into going with me, have a nice time.
2: Good stuff. And then there's Cyber Monday, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. that's what I participate in because crowds are my nightmare. Hmm. So I don't really like people or, you know. Oh, I don't, I'm not
0: talking to these people.
1: Yeah, but I just don't like them that close to me.
2: It's just nice. It's like to lines. Like I don't
1: wait in lines. I hate lines.
2: You can listen to this podcast while you're waiting in line. Um, Roscoe, no, in our, line. our foster dog here. Uh, we had our full two weeks with him. And then on the uh, day that we gave him back, Roscoe found his uh, forever home. We're very excited for him. Ooh. He was an absolute angel and we will love him forever. Finally, uh, Emily. Are going
1: to get another foster dog?
2: After the holidays, we think that we will get another foster dog. And then uh, after that, probably be ready to have our forever dog. So yeah, Perfect. that's uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh, having a podcast dog. We're actually going to name it podcast, uh, male or female. So it's very exciting. Um, Emily, update the rankings, please. And then we will pick this Beautiful. week's games.
1: Yeah. So I'm not sure. Someone will have to fact check this. I had myself hmm. written down for loss, win, win. Um, but I really thought that I said loss, loss, win, but I wrote loss, win, win. So I have, I don't know it's tell you. It I remember
2: me... you saying two and one.
1: Okay, perfect. Then yeah. I was right. Um, so I went two and one this week then, because I picked the Utah loss and the Denver win, right? And then you guys were both one and two. So then the totals are, I'm eight and nine, Dan is eight and nine, and Steve is nine and eight.
2: Still in the lead, even though I chose him to go three and O last week. Um, This week, the Sixers play at Sacramento, at Golden State, uh, the West leading Golden State Warriors, and then at home, finally, back at home, playing Minnesota. Uh, No back-to-backs at Sacramento, at Golden State, and then home against Minnesota. I feel like I don't usually put myself in the hot seat here to go first. I will. Uh, Let's see. At Sacramento, that is going to be a win. A team that's in disarray, although they they will have a new coach in there, Alvin Gentry, still. Sixers are going to win that game. Uh, They are going to lose at Golden State, and then they're going to win at Minnesota. So two and one week for the Sixers. I'm saying Uh, the same
1: thing. As boring Emily.
2: Same thing. Yeah.
0: Same thing. I am very tempted to make it interesting. And so what I'm gonna say is they lose in Sacramento. Wow. They win in Golden State. And they win at home against Minnesota. So we have bad loss, bad loss, great win, take care of business win.
2: Wow all I'm right like, now final question of the podcast do we do a midweek podcast after the golden state game at 10 p.m eastern standard time on wednesday the night before thanksgiving who's with me emily can help. do i see a yes
1: i mean i don't work on thanksgiving
2: Uh oh so i can danny, sleep in danny ballgame yeah, maybe I
0: should. Maybe that will be my motivation to, to force myself to stay up and do work since I'm behind on work.
2: We can be TBD on that. We'll, we'll discuss it in the group chat. And uh, in the meantime, if we don't talk to you, then have a great Thanksgiving. And if we do talk to you, then we'll say that again then. Um, and we love you. And we only want good things to happen for you forever. And uh, nice to see you both. <laughs> and uh, have a great night. Be safe and be great. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe on the feed, the guest Blues, give us a rating and all that stuff. And, five uh, stars. You, preferably. Five stars. Thank you to Drew as always, and uh, yeah, thank you again to Sam Amick for coming on last week or a few days ago, and uh, yeah, good seeing you guys. Bye. Bye. See ya.